Chapter Two of Stories of North Pole Adventure by Frank Mundell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. First attempts to reach the North Pole. In more modern times, we erect monuments in honor of the men who do great deeds, but many of the old explorers to whom neither tablet nor statue were erected will never be forgotten for they have written their names in large characters on the map of the world among these is henry hudson a bay one of the largest in the world a river one of the most important in america a strait a vast territory and several towns remind us of one of the most enterprising navigators who ever lived the london merchants in spite of repeated failures do not seem to have been discouraged in their hope of finding a northern route to the rich countries of the east to them it mattered not whether they reached the land of spices and of gold by a northeast or a northwest passage so they tried both then a still bolder idea presented itself to the minds of these keen businessmen who were determined not to allow the spaniards and the portuguese to reap all the golden harvests of india and china they decided to attempt to reach the other side of the globe by sailing over the north pole itself this was indeed an idea worthy of the sons of the famous sea rovers who founded the english nation but who was there among the daring seamen of that adventurous age able and willing to conduct such an enterprise the merchants found the man they wanted in henry hudson who was an experienced and intrepid seaman and well skilled in nautical science when we read the detailed accounts of the preparations made by the various expeditions of to-day their iron ships propelled by steam-power their hundred and one appliances to serve every conceivable purpose and their wealth of stores and their carefully chosen crews of picked men we hardly know whether to smile at the simplicity or to admire the audacity of such a man as hudson who in a small bark manned by ten men and a boy attempted a feat of such magnitude in his tiny vessel with its scanty crew hudson sailed from gravesend on the first of may sixteen o seven and within a fortnight he reached greenland in foggy weather with frozen sails and shrouds then he turned in a northeasterly direction until he reached spitzbergen here they saw a large number of seals and white bears one of which was killed and many of the crew made themselves ill with eating the animal's flesh hudson vainly attempted to make his way through the masses of ice and as his stores were exhausted he returned to england in september his brief voyage however 
was not a failure from a commercial point of view he did not reach the pole and probably had no idea how great a distance or what insurmountable obstacles lay between him and that mysterious spot but he made the english acquainted with the whale fishery of the spitzbergen seas which since then has been a continuous source of wealth in his first voyage hudson reached a higher latitude than any of the explorers who had preceded him he was therefore eager to try again and in the following year he undertook a second expedition and endeavoured to find a northeast passage by nova zembla when he returned some of his crew told an extraordinary story of having seen a mermaid the upper part of whose body resembled that of a woman with white skin and long black hair while the lower part of the body was that of a fish no doubt the imagination of the sailors had transformed a greenland seal into this creature of fancy which however still exists in poetry and fairy tales hudson's third voyage was made in the service of the dutch when failing to find a northwest passage he sailed down the coast of north america and discovered an opening up which he sailed this he thought might be a strait through which he could pass to eastern lands it was however the beautiful river which bears his name and on which the city of new york now stands this discovery led to the establishment of a dutch settlement for the purpose of carrying on the fur trade with the indians a fourth time do we find hudson crossing the atlantic this time in an english ship and which bore the same name as one of those in the recent expedition of captain nares namely the discovery he sailed from the thames in april sixteen ten on what proved to be his last voyage and june found him at the mouth of frobisher strait numerous icebergs and contrary winds drove him out of his course and threw a hitherto unknown strait into an extensive inland sea both of these waters as hudson strait and hudson bay still bear the great explorer's name day after day the vessel sailed on but no opening presented itself by which they could escape from the ice-bound sea into which they had unwittingly entered and at length winter overtook them and they were frozen in by this time the men had become dissatisfied for their provisions were exhausted and they were afraid of being lost in the frozen regions at length the ice broke up and the ship stood to the northwest the scanty provisions which remained in the vessel were fairly divided by the commander who seeing nothing but starvation before them was so much moved that he wept when he gave it unto them 
it was at this time that a mutiny broke out among the crew some of whom declared that they would rather be hanged at home than starved abroad to make the food last as long as possible some of the crew resolved on a deed unworthy of british seamen seizing hudson they forced him his son and all the men who were sick into a boat and cast them adrift be it said to his honour that john king the carpenter unable to prevent this terrible outrage sprang into the boat resolved rather to die with the captain than to abandon him the boat and its unfortunate crew were never heard of again and henry hudson one of the bravest and most daring of english seamen found a grave in the waters of the sea he had discovered of all the sea shapes death has worn may mariners never know such fate as henry hudson found in the labyrinths of snow the ship reached ireland in safety but the few survivors were in a terrible plight some of the mutineers had been killed and wounded in quarrels among themselves and all had suffered terribly from starvation william baffin described as the ablest the prince of arctic navigators and who had already taken part in several expeditions in northern seas went out in the discovery on her fifth voyage in search of a northwest passage in sixteen sixteen icebergs over two hundred feet high and which baffin reckoned as over sixteen hundred feet from top to bottom were met with off the coast of greenland pushing northward the cold was so intense that on midsummer day the shrouds ropes and sails were so frozen that the men could scarcely handle them determined not to be turned aside by any difficulty baffin succeeded in discovering a great opening which he named smith sound after sir thomas smith the chief of the merchant adventurers who had fitted out the expedition it is interesting to note that this opening discovered nearly three hundred years ago by william baffin has been regarded by all explorers from that time to the present as the only one by which there is any hope of reaching the north pole while in this sound baffin noted the greatest variation of the compass that had yet been known in fact he says a course northeast by east is true north a thing incredible and matchless in all the world besides the lateness of the season obliged the explorers to turn back to avoid being frozen in for many months they therefore made their way southward through the wide passage known as baffin bay and thence by davis strait to the atlantic ocean reaching england in august of the same year the solitude of those icy regions was not again broken for two hundred years End of chapter two